Hi, friends. We are delighted to present to you this week's episode, which is the live podcast that we recorded at the Focus SLS conference in early January of this year. You'll notice it's a little different than our usual format. It's about an hour long, and you're going to hear a lot of background noise because we're in the middle of a huge conference hall, and there's several thousand people around, but it was so much fun. And we just want to give a special shout out to all of you who were actually there, who sat there right in front of us as we recorded the show. It was a delight to spend time with you. So we hope that you enjoy this week's episode. God bless you. Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James Heitland, and every week I'm joined by two of my dearest friends, Michelle Bensinger and Heather Kim. This podcast is born out of our friendship of sharing all kinds of things together, our walk with Christ, our insights, our joys, sorrows, tears, and laughter, and you are most welcome on the journey with us. So grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by The Given Institute. The Given Institute is a not-for-profit organization dedicated to activating the gifts of young adult women for the Catholic Church and the world. And one of the most powerful events that The Given Institute sponsors, and I'm really excited to announce this, is the Catholic Young Women's Leadership Forum. And that's taking place June 10th to the 14th this summer in Washington, D.C. at the Catholic University of America. And I got to go last year, and it was absolutely inspiring and so wonderful to be in a room with so many women who desire to lead and to guide and to receive. It was absolutely beautiful. So the Given Forum provides leadership training, this very thing for and faith formation and mentoring to young adult Catholic women ages 21 to 30 who have a heart for mission and an aptitude for leadership. And it's designed to help these young women identify their particular gifts and find practical pathways to put them in the service of the gospel through their profession or vocation. So if you are 21 to 30, ladies, listen up. If you're 21 to 30 and this is interesting to you, you need to apply now, like right now. So the applications are open, but the deadline is closing very soon. So the deadline for submitting your application to attend given is February 3rd at midnight. So that's very soon. So girl, get on it. Go to the website, go to giveninstitute.com, click on forum 2020, and then click on apply. If you are listening and you're a bit older and you're a lay woman leader in the church or your religious sister, and you would like to apply to be a mentor, that's also an amazing and amazing experience as well. So we want to encourage you to do that also. So if you want to be a mentor, we're asking that you would go ahead and go to the website, giveninstitute.com, go to the same place and your deadline for applying mentors is March 1st. So we hope that you will come and open your heart to all the Lord wishes to do, because when you discover the gift that you give, because of the gift that you are, you make the world a better place. So God bless you. Thank you so much. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast, where this is unprecedented for us. Can we just say we are recording live? At the Focus Conference SLS in are. Phoenix, Arizona. We are in the same time zone, and we're in the same place. And so. we're and we're in a Volkswagen van. <laughs> yeah. Surrounded by some Can of the best hi? podcast <laughs> listeners in the world. And yes. so they're awesome. We are so excited to meet we, so many we of you. We love you so much. We do. We, do. we love you so much. And we're not just saying that. We, no, like, we really, really love do. you. It's real. I feel it right now. <laughs> So it's an honor to be here and to see your beautiful faces and to be with, what, 10,000 amazing people that are leaders in the church that are desiring to encounter Jesus more fully. And what better place could we be than here, ladies? I know. The the liturgy last night was so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And just seeing so many priests walking in the procession, it was 
Yeah, it was like really moving, deeply moving. It was awesome. It was amazing. And I loved Father John Park's homily mm -hmm. yesterday. And I just thought it was so powerful. But watching those priests process out, yeah. like I was getting so misty-eyed. I was like, this is beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, just seeing, um, yeah, just the power and the beauty of the church. And I think it's such a good reminder, events like this, to see, one, I love all the different religious orders. Yes. Like, let's <laughs> We do, are here in full effect. Yeah. You are here in full effect. <laughs> I think we should totally play an I spy, how many different habits we can find. Like, I know. I, you know, and so it was just amazing. It was beautiful. And to see the beauty and the power of the church and the fullness and the richness of a church has just been such a gift, such mm -hmm. a gift. So we're so excited to be here. Mm -hmm. yeah. it, it is. And I think it's especially inspiring to be surrounded by so many young people who are yes. on fire, who desire to encounter Christ. And Amen. the Apostolic Nuncio was here this morning on Mass, was saying he was amazed at all the young people and he was like, we need you. Like, we, we need you. So all of us, we need each other. We're a family. And so it's been an incredibly inspiring. Oh, yeah. so inspiring. And I really loved his red. That was a really yeah. good color. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, go ahead. It matched, kind of matched Emily's dress last night. It was just a really good look for both of them. So, anyway. theme. Yeah. So, well, so speaking of, we're going to actually talk about leadership and the church today and what what makes a good leader and what are we looking for and what is Christ growing in our hearts as leaders? So we're going to take actually a couple quotes uh, from G.K. Chesterton and I love this quote that, that y'all found. He says, we do not want a church that will move with the world. We want a church that will move the world. And amen to that. And um, Jeremiah says, chapter, seven, uh, chapter 1, verse 7, he says, but the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you and to say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and I will rescue you, says the Lord. So, I'm really excited to talk about this topic and to be here. This is a, a conference for leaders, mm -hmm. but there's a whole bunch of, that means a, a lot of different things. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have a label or something mm -hmm. like that, but we all are called to be leaders in different ways. And so we're going to dive into this topic in kind of a big way. Do you want to start us off, Michelle? Yeah, I think there's something powerful about that. I think once as Catholics, if we live into our baptismal call, which we've talked about a couple of times on the podcast, is priest, prophet, and king, then there is a mission for you. Like everyone has a personal mission um, to fulfill, like that God has ordained for them especially. And I, feel, I was really thinking about it uh, yesterday when I was looking around at Mass and seeing all the different religious orders and all the different charisms. And I love the videos that Focus is doing, showing like spotlighting the different charisms. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, oh my gosh, if we are all each individually rooted deeply in the church and deeply in the sacraments and deeply in, you know, Christ is who we're rooted in, but in the tradition of the church, then um, we have the same root system, but the blooms look so different. Mm -hmm. All the blooms and the fruit look different, but yet there is something to be rooted together, you mm -hmm. know, and to really bring the church into her fullness mm -hmm. and, and making it her alive and tangible. You know, and I would love that. I really, really true. And I'm not just saying this for lip services and I'm not just saving this because we're at SLS and we have all these amazing people around us. But I really do think there's something about this generation. Amen. I think there's something about this college generation. I felt yeah. that when we, my husband and I were at Covecrest and the college kids that we were with. Like, I really believe that this generation is going to be a culture changing generation. Amen. You mm -hmm. know, and I think that they are going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. And I think they're going to bring like the truth and beauty and goodness to the church that we are all desiring. And we're not just throwing that on them, say, hey, this is your job, you guys go ahead and do it. <laughs> but like, what is the question of us? How do we foster that for them? How do we mentor that for them? And I was telling Sister and Heather yesterday, when I was talking to some of the young adults that we are with, and they said to um, me, they're like, Michelle, when you call out who we're supposed to be in us, 
there's something about us that wants to rise to that, yeah. you know, and, and I think like we're just extending the invitation to ourselves, but to all of our listeners, but the young adults, just there's a call to greatness in mm-hmm. each and every one of you, mm-hmm. and we have to receive it and then respond to that call. That's why I love that scripture that we just started with in Jeremiah, say not I am too young, the Lord is saying. And I remember when I was 18 years old and I felt like this calling to be a worship leader and I was on an evangelization team and I went to this uh, vineyard worship conference and I remember sitting there looking at everybody on the stage going, I can't do this. Like, I, I don't, I'm not that good. I'm not equipped. I, I can't do what they're doing. And the worship leader who was up front just paused and he sang this song based on this scripture, say not I'm too young. And it felt like it was like just for me at that age. And so, you know, at these conferences, everybody sitting in the crowd is looking up and seeing all these amazing speakers. And you might be thinking like, I'm not like that. You know, I can't do that. And the Lord just wants to say to you, like, don't say that you're too young. Like God is moving and all he needs is an open heart. Look at our lady. She was 14. She was so young. Mm-hmm. But that yes changed the entire course of the world. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the encouragement for all of us today is to just say yes, no matter where we are. And we all said yes at a young age. And God has been doing amazing things ever since we mm-hmm. said that yes. And we still continue to say yes. That's right. Amen. <laughs> and we try, like, sometimes we say no. And we're like, okay, Lord, sorry about that. I need to say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Some mornings, like, no. Uh, just not okay, fine. yes. Okay, yes. Fine, Where else fine. am I going to go? Jeez. Well, I know, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think what we both are speaking about is that what resonates so deeply with, with all of us is the desire for personal conversion. Because we're talking about leaders, and especially where the church and the papal, uh, the Apostolic Nuncio alluded that today. We've had some hard times in the church, and absolutely. we can't the days are over for leaders to have one life on the surface and have another life someplace else. So mm, we yeah. can't do that. And so that's why when GK Chester says, we don't want a church that moves with the world. We want a church that, that moves the world. That means we have to be moved interiorly mm-hmm. and we have to be willing to be crucified and to be transformed in our own life every single day mm-hmm. so that the Lord's heart can be brought to bear. So we don't have those shadows in our life that we're, you know, that we're living an honest, it's not perfect. And we're always on a journey but that's the kind of leaders and you see in that's what I love the scriptures that's why we have to know about scripture is because you see God doesn't waste a thing and he's always using people from every kind of story even in their brokenness even in their sorrow and he uses the whole thing and he makes something beautiful out of it mm-hmm. so to continually to surrender those parts of our hearts and, and so we're not living duplicitous lives we're living lives of transparency yeah and I think that that's what we've seen the most destruction that's happened in the church mm-hmm. has been because of those duplicitous lives you know so for those of us who are like feeling discouraged and whatever the best thing that we can do is make a wholehearted yes Amen. you know to to look at the places where we do have that duplicity because we all have it yep, you know the do. first place is just admitting I have it. I have it going on. There's places that I want to hide, you know, and bring it into the light. And I actually was praying with this image. You know, those little dolls that are like, they're little wooden dolls and there's a little tiny one and then there's a bigger one and a bigger one. It's like the Russian nesting dolls or something. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I don't know what they're called. But anyway, I was praying about that image and I was, and the Lord was just saying to me, you know, this is what's happened over time is that you're in the middle and that's the real you and you keep putting on these false exteriors you know it's like what adam and eve did in the garden because they sinned and they whatever they covered themselves and it's like we cover ourselves with like a false mask and it looks like us it might look like us but it's a different version of us and i i feel like god is inviting us to get 
down to the core again, to start taking away all of these exterior things that we've put over ourselves to become really who we are. Mm -hmm. But that takes a decision to be vulnerable mm -hmm. and to allow ourselves to be exposed. And that's not easy. I know. We're doing the St. Joseph consecration right now, and the week that we're in is the Litany of Humility. Mm -hmm. I don't like Me the litany of <laughs> like humility. Bill. I actually don't like and is like that the, a bad thing. You know, know, it is. And I was just, just like just being honest. It is. I was like, oh, this is like I mean there's something in me that makes it me want to squirm. I know. Does. You're just like, it's like in the fear of not being noticed. For the fear of not I'm like Yeah, deliver me. Lord. Yeah, yeah, deliver me. And I'm be like Be careful what you pray for. Exactly. <laughs> and I would be stuck in a van with like a bunch of people like Seriously. recording a podcast. <laughs> I, I was thinking, I was praying, I was like, Lord, you can okay, like I'm open to you know, humbleness. Just don't humiliate me to do it. So, you know, please just don't humiliate me to do it. But thinking to myself, and I was telling my husband, who is much more virtuous than I am, and he was like, you like squirm when we pray this. I'm like, I totally do. And he's like, Michelle, this is just an invitation to transparent life, you know, an authentic life. And I was like, you're right, it is. But uh, I was like, okay, Lord, like allow me to be transparent and authentic in everything I do and in my speech and my thoughts and in my words and where there is no, like that is the goal is there is no duplicity in me, mm -hmm. you know, but that invitation, Heather and I were talking about it a little bit earlier today, that invitation is an invitation for all of us to go back into the garden, yeah. you know, like in the garden of Eden. And that is like, really, that's part of the spiritual life. You know, the spiritual life is our invitation and call to come back home into who we are and come back home into the Father's arms. Mm -hmm. And so just praying about that, like, what does it look like to be garden people? What does it look like to have like Eden restored in us? Oh, you know, well, that's a good one. You know, what does it look like? And and to know that that can't be done in isolation, it has to be done in community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a deep one. I think that's very deep. And we talk about, I was just um, speaking to some people, and we were talking about how, you know, where Jesus says, you come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. And I was just thinking of even just the body language of rest. Like when you hold a child who's squirming and squirming and crying, and then there's a point where they take a deep breath, and they're like... And then yes. they just, they let go and they rest on your heart. And I was thinking of how Jesus, like he says to Martha, you're anxious and you're worried about so many things. Amen. Like Mary has chosen the better portion and that's all that's necessary and it won't be denied her. And I love that as we sit at his feet, he's like, I'm not going to deny you myself. I won't do that. Like, come, you just come to me. And I think we make it, I, myself, I was thinking about this morning, I was up very early and I hardly slept last night. And I was like, I think I'm making this whole thing more difficult than it needs to be. <laughs> you know? And I'm like thinking of all these different things and the Lord's like, calm down. You know, he's just like, okay, you just come and rest. And that's all, that's all I'm asking you. And we're making it so hard. You know? mm -hmm. Oh, I, I agree. And I think the key is like, we're making it so hard. And I think we also th think we make it that we have to do it by ourselves. Yeah. And that we're all alone in the journey, you know, and that is that constant invitation to invite other people to journey with us. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we felt the Holy Spirit asking us to start this podcast, that it is not alone, that we're not meant for isolation, we're meant for community. But like we um, talk about it a lot, like when you are in the garden and you are on this journey that you need those, I like to call them like fig leaf friends, people that can <laughs> oh, just see you when your fig leaves are yeah. down and yeah. that there is no shame and that there's no judgment, that there is just this receiving of who you are and the good and the ugly and the messy and that it's okay, mm -hmm. that it is okay, you mm -hmm. know? And I mean, we've experienced it in our friendship but in just different times. And I think we realized that once we've taken the fig leaf off, like you said, it's kind of like the yes, like 
oh, I've taken it off. I'm good. And yeah. you're like, oh, no, there's another one that comes on. i got to take it back <laughs> I on. I want to put yeah. that back on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like things have shifted in flight. The ones come back on, you know, and that it's a continuing invitation to invite people into our hearts and into our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last night there was a lot of talk, you know, from both speakers about being seen, like that desire to be known and be seen. And the only way that that can happen, like we, we know this in our minds, is to remove everything that is false, everything that is covering up who we really are. And and that's hard to do, but we have to start somewhere, you know? And so I feel like for us, like I don't share everything with everyone. You know, that's of not, course, that's not that's the right not, thing to do. Prudent, like yeah. our hearts do matter. And there's reasons why we've covered up. Like some of it's shame, some of it is self-protection. We don't want to be hurt. We don't want to be judged. All of that makes sense. And we all share that experience. But you have to be willing to start somewhere with someone. And for us, I know a lot of fruit has come when we're able to say, this is what's really going on in my heart. This is what I really think. This is what I really am feeling. This is where I'm really doubting, hurting. I feel vulnerable. And to be loved and supported there, but called to something greater, not just a pat on the back, like, oh, just stay there, friend. It's like, let me help you get to the next place. You know, and that's what community should like is a journeying together, like pulling each other along and gently just like holding that sacred place for each other. You know, you have to, and we all need people like that in our life. And like I said, I love what you said, Heather, because you talk about accompanying somebody and it's not just, it is sitting there with them and bringing them communion in the isolation, but it's also like, I'm going to sit here with you in this and we're going to bring this to the Lord. Yeah. And we're going to let the Lord come into these places. So we're not living in isolation and, and that, which is a pitfall, which is easy for us to be like, I'll just, I'm just going to do it. I will do it myself. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. I'll take care of this. I got this. And just, yeah. you know, and we'll say, no. Yeah, it feels safer in a way to just be like, I'm not going to say that. Like, I'm not going to tell anybody this. I'm not going to tell anybody about this sin, this addiction, this whatever it might be, crazy thoughts that are going on, my depression, whatever it might be. It just seems easier, but that's a lie from the enemy. Like, we have to recognize where he's whispering these lies. And I think he likes to keep things in the dark. That's where he lives is in the darkness. And it's just this invitation to go, no, I'm not going to keep it there in isolation. I'm going to bring it into the light with someone who is trustworthy and someone who can hold a place for my heart you know which is really important that we find that in someone that but that we're also willing to be that for other people you know and I think it's twofold we have to have those safe places and those friends that we journey with that we can bring our um brokenness that we can bring the areas in our heart that are tender and intimate and that need to be revealed or even the areas of sin that need to be redeemed that have come out of brokenness but on the flip side we need those people that call us on to mission and purpose mm-hmm. that you are made for something that call out who you are and the purpose that God has on your life because yeah. I think it's so easy to get discouraged and I think it's so easy to forget who you are mm-hmm. and I think it is also so easy to forget like okay there's something that God put you when you live with purpose and mission, you live differently. Yeah. You know, you live with, I like to say, like that fire in your belly, but you live like you're okay, like you're running the race. You're not sitting on the sidelines, you're running your race. And, you know, and at different seasons and different times, the race looks different, mm-hmm. but that you do have a race, yeah. like you do have a mission. And I think that we feel like, like, oh, that will just happen. You know, like the God will just reveal, and He will in steps reveal what you are called to, but also, there is a part of us that have to battle yeah. for the call of our lives. Like, yeah. we have to battle and, like, um, 
like it says, you know, the Lord will fight for you, but you have to fight with him. Like this is a co-relationship with you and the Lord to co-create what he has designed you for. And what is that, you know? And like I always tell the young adults that live with us, like there is a problem in the world that you are the answer for. The Lord has ordained you in this time, in this season, for such a time as this, for a mission, you know? So what is that mission, you know? So what were you gonna say, Heather? Yeah, I think battling for it and knowing that you're called to something greater is is a starting place. And the next place would be to just fall madly in love with Jesus, you know? Yeah. Like I was thinking about just different things that were being talked about last night. And I was like, this is it has to be at the foundation of everything that we do. If we are followers of Jesus, like Father Mike was saying, it's not just because he's a good option, you know? It has to be a relationship that is a love affair. That is like, I remember when I was on this ministry team and I'd been to church my whole life and it's like, Jesus loves me. Yes, I know for the Bible. Too. Like I knew all of that stuff, but I was sitting in a long Laundry mat reading this book called A Simple Path by Mother Teresa. Oh. And in that book, there was one line that just said, Jesus is in love with you. Mm. And I was like, what? Because it wasn't just that God loves me. Yeah. He's in love with me. He's That's so different, right? Yeah. Someone being yeah. in love with you is like so different than I love you. I was like, he's in love with me. And then I just start. I was like, just You're started laughing. I'm like laughing. I'm crying. I'm like, this just changes like, everything. Wow, well, the laundromat's a joyous place today. <laughs> I was a bit of a psycho. But everybody was giving me that look like something's not right with this girl. <laughs> and amen to that. But it was a game changer for me because once you know that God is already in love with you and he's inviting a response, right? It takes a response. And and since that day has been like this journey of me falling in love with him. And that has to be at the foundation before we can battle for something and go, you know, into all of that. Like we have to be lovers of him. We have to let our life become one with him. Like in a marriage, like when I married Jake, our life became one. We didn't have two houses, two beds, two (laughs) fridges. Like it all became one. And that's what has to happen. We can't have these separated parts with God. You know, we can't have, well, I have these friends over here and then I have my church friends, you know, or I have this part of my life over here and then I, and then I do this, but God's not really in this stuff. You know, that's fig leaf living. Like we're talking about integrated, like he has to become everything. Like Jesus has to be life for us. How do you think? How do you think? Like, uh, what are some practical things as we kind of come to like the last part of our podcast here? When we talk about falling in love, because I'm thinking and I'm listening and I'm thinking with you, Michelle, I'm thinking about dreaming, like how dreamers dream. And am I listening to you, Heather, and thinking about just this desire to fall in love with Christ? And so, how can we give our listeners just some concrete steps and where they are and whatever they're leading or wherever they're falling, whatever they're doing? What will be some things? And I think as I as I listen, I just like we said, I mean, I would, you know, make things so much more difficult than they often need to be at times. And I think just asking the Lord, Lord, open my heart so I can fall in love with you. It's very simple. You know, like, it's not like I'm just going to muster this up, you know, and, but, and yes, we, we make decisions that kindle the fire or kill the fire. That's for sure. Amen. But like, but Lord, open my heart because I can't do this. I can't make myself do this. Could you, could you come to me in these places and open my heart so that I fall in love with you? Could you open these places of my heart that I'm hiding? Could you reveal the areas of hypocrisy where I'm this pretender on stage wearing a mask? You know what? Come and help me. Come set my, like we say the Holy Spirit, kindle our hearts and set them on fire. And the Lord loves to do that. And he says like, you will not, it will, the better portion will not be denied you. 
will not be denied you. So what would you say, Heather, like for you, what would be like a practical, we'll go get our listeners today. So mine would be just, just to ask the Lord something very simple, like, Lord, open my heart. Help me to fall in love with you. I don't know how to start, or I, I, I want to fall in love with you more deeply. I ask the Lord that every day. I'm like, Lord, open my heart. So what yeah. would you say? Yeah, I think a lot of it is just using the analogy which God has given us of marriage. You know, that is the primary icon yes. of God's love for us and the relationship that we're called to. It's not perfect, you know, but it's it's what God has given us to look into what he wants from us. So if I think about my relationship with my husband, Jake, we spend time together. We talk to each other. We look at each other. I know him. I know the little things about him. When he calls me on the phone, he doesn't have to say, hey, Heather, it's Jake. Like, I know because we talk to each other a lot. Like, and it's the same with God's voice. Like, you you need to know his voice. And the way that that happens is by spending time with him. You know, the way that you fall in love is you gaze at him. You know, you gaze at the one who loves you. You, you allow him to woo you into the relationship because he wants to. So it takes time. It takes space and it takes willingness to go there, to let your heart become attached to him. Mm. There's something really beautiful. He's a person. He's not just an idea. So he is a person that you can fall in love with. He's a real person. One day you're going to hug that body. Please God. Like one day you're going to look at those eyes that he has and you're going to see how gorgeous he is. And, and it's, it's, it's there right now for the taking and you don't have to wait, you know, to fall in love with him. Yeah, and I think that like we were saying that, that that look and that gaze, I think one of the ways I'm, I'm just a big proponent of, okay, adoration, yes. you know, a holy hour. For, for me just to get in the gaze, like mm-hmm. for me to get in the gaze for him to look at me and me to look at him. And I also think one of the big ways is also to cultivate some kind of sense of silence, mm-hmm. you know, so you can hear his voice and learn his voice. And I think you can do that in adoration. But I remember when I went on... My first silent retreat, I was in college, and I thought I was going to die. Like, I'm really kidding. I thought I was going to die. I went to confession three times on my silent retreat weekend. And finally, actually, as our good friend, Father Dave Babanka was I was on there. that. Yeah. I was on that retreat. Yeah. Michelle and I were both dying. We were, we're like, like, Father Dave, we're going to confession again. He's like, get out of here. That's what he said. He's like, you couldn't have sinned because you didn't, couldn't talk. He's like, you're not coming. But I was like, I have to talk to somebody, like anybody. I was dying, but it was like, and I remember like the second day I was on my silent retreat, I felt like I was coming out of my skin because I really felt like the Lord could see me and I could see him and I couldn't like get, like it made me uncomfortable to be in this gaze of love. You know, like it really made me so uncomfortable. And then finally, once I wrestled with that and got over that, I was like, like you said, I could rest. I can rest in his love and I rest in his gaze. But man, before then I was like, oh, twitching. I mean, really, I thought I had a disorder. I'm like, I can't do this. This is the most painful thing I've ever seen. And so, well, didn't Father Mark Toops in his Advent series, somebody was just talking about that. Oh yeah, last night. That the silence is the magnet that draws all of the deep things to the surface. And that's why we avoid silence mostly at all costs, because we all know when it's silent, the things we don't want to think about and the feelings that we don't want to feel come to the surface. So it's much easier to have, it's so easy now with technology to be constantly distracted. And it's it's fearful, it's Mm -hmm. fearful. And especially the deep silence, even everybody says, even like people that are super holy say, even when they do a silent retreat, it takes a couple days to settle in first. And then when you go to like the deep water or M and, but if we avoid it at all costs, we can never get to the depth. So I think we all have to, and like, like 
one of you was saying, it doesn't just happen. No. Mm-hmm. Silence doesn't just happen. We have to actually make a concerted time for it. And, and sometimes it's minute by minute. Like, okay, I'm just going to do five minutes. And that's fine. Do your five minutes because that's really important. And just like, okay, Lord, I don't know what to do with myself. Like, speak to me and see what happens after that. But we have to start somewhere. You yeah. Know? And it takes trust. You know, we don't know at first if God really is who he says he is. And, and I think we have to come there. That's part of the laying bare before God. We have to be able to say, God, will you show me that you are who you say you are? You know, he's not afraid of that. He's not afraid. He wants to show us. So we have to be willing to go there with our reservations because we've never experienced a love like that in our life. Most of us have been hurt in relationships. We've been hurt by parents or friends or boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever it might be. Like we've experienced a lot of destruction in relationships and that's why we self-protect and cover up. And so will we allow ourselves to even experience it? Like, will we say, God, will you give him an opportunity? Show me who you really are. Show me that you are a love that never ends, that will never leave me. Like, that is wrecking me right now in my life. Over and over and over again. I've known this in my mind, but God is, like, wanting to show me, Heather, I don't leave you. I will never leave you. No matter where you go. Like, I am... It's like the Psalms are coming to life. Like you can run, whether you fly to the heavens, like you go wherever, like down to the depths. God is like, I am there, Heather. I am there with you. No matter what is going on in your life, I am right there. Like the pain that you're experiencing, I'm right there. Like I haven't abandoned you. And I think it's a matter of just saying, God, I want you to show me. Like, will you please show me who you really are? And I think it's showing you showing him showing us who he is but then us trusting in in him and his attributes Mm -hmm. that he is who he says he is but really trust him it was so interesting I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and she was just telling me that she had fallen into this area of sin that has been a struggle for her but she's like but it's okay I just ran to confession and ran to his arms and I was just like huh like for her his mercy was so real and tangible you know, like that she didn't see it as a stumbling block or she wasn't shaming herself or anything, that it was like, okay, like, yes, I need to look at this area and yes, the Lord is healing me, but right now I need sacramental grace. So I'm just going to run to his arms. And it just got me thinking after my conversation with her, like that is the sign of a daughter or a son that they run to the father when they've done something wrong and not thinking the father's going to shame them, but the father's going to make it all better. You know, it's kind of like, let me kiss your hurts and put a bandaid on it and kiss your boo-boo and come back to you, you know, and all this kind of stuff. But it was, and she said to me, isn't, we were talking about brokenness. She goes, but isn't the sacrament of reconciliation, a sacrament of healing, right? So I just need to run to his arms to be healed. And I was like, darn girl, this is, it was a powerful conversation, but she trusted in his mercy and she knew that he was merciful. And then she believed it and it was tangible. And that's a powerful thing. I think that's a sign of deep holiness right there because I, I think probably we all get stuck along the way, all of us, of shaming ourselves and, like, the, the, the self-degrading. And somehow that's holiness. Like, if I just shame myself enough and say that I suck, <laughs> then maybe I'll be yeah, like, Yeah, that's holy. not humility, <laughs> FYI. <laughs> and I think that, that I love that, because that is exactly what a child does. Yeah. And the saint tries, that's a little flower. I'm just like, no matter what happens, I'm just going to put myself in the arms of God and... Versus like the whole, you know, thing where we go, oh, I shouldn't have done that. It's true, I shouldn't have done that. But then we go, it's just like this whole kind of toxic spiral that we go through. I'm terrible. Yes, and God's not going to love me anymore. And how I can't believe I did this. And look at where I am. And the Lord's like, no. I mean, no parent. I mean, you guys are parents. No parent. You wouldn't want Eva or you wouldn't want um, Luke to be like like that. You'd be like, just come here. Tell me what happened. Let's talk about it. Versus like, oh, I'm, you know, like, you know, wouldn't Mm -hmm. you not want that for your own children? Yeah, I've had to say to my kids at different times, like, 
help me know what's going on. Like, this is too big for you to do that. by yourself. Yeah. You're not meant to do this by yourself. You're just a, you're just a kid, you know? And you can see the relief in their eyes. Like, they've been trying to manage it on their own. They've been trying to take care of something that's too big for them. And it's similar with us. I'm finding now as I get older, most things are too big for me. You know, I probably thought I was pretty great before. Now I'm like, I'm not so great, you know? <laughs> Which allows God to be really great. It, you know, it allows him to be even greater because I'm like, I'm not that great, you know? So. And thank God. Yeah, know. thank God. So that he can be God. <laughs> and I think we have to remind ourselves that this is a relationship and a journey and that it, there is no final destination. Like, there is no finish line. Well, heaven, but, like, on this side. I mean, I, was, I think I was telling sister last week, I was like, shouldn't I be further along by now? Like, shouldn't I? Like, really? I mean, why am I always doing this? And um, actually, today is our, my husband and I's 18th wedding anniversary. Yay, happy anniversary! Happy anniversary! Yes. And so he <laughs> sent me that. this beautiful text this morning. He says, baby, he's like, 18 years in the school of love. And I'm like... <laughs> Oh my gosh! And we're like I always tell you guys him, are the cutest. Like, you guys are I am, awesome. I love your marriage. So yeah. I am totally still in kindergarten. He's much <laughs> further along than I am. Like he's so much more. But I was just like, it is. It's a school of love. But I feel like oh, okay, I should be here. I should be there. And I think that is the growth of a leader, but someone that is on mission. Is yes. you realize, like, what does it mean? I always tell my kids to have a growth mindset. You know, because I have three of these kids that think that they should be experts at things when they first start. Mm-hmm. You know, and we think that we should be holy at the beginning are perfect or yeah. all that and it isn't we keep on growing we fail and then we get back up and we bring it to Christ and he loves us through it and then we get up we do it all over again like we're constantly growing and we're constantly changing and that is good like and I, we were like Heather and I were joking we both have had like intense conversations with our children in the last couple of weeks but just telling them that like mistakes are fertile ground for God to move and Lord to move and for you to learn like this is how you learn I mean I don't know about you but I never learned or grow through comfort at all. I wish I did. Like, I mean, totally, you know? And I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast before, you know, Pope Benedict says like, you were made for greatness, not comfort. I really probably think I was made for comfort, but you know, like, <laughs> I think like, okay, that greatness means that you're going to grow. Greatness just means growth and you grow great little by little, you yeah. know, and you don't just come into greatness. It is a process. Yeah. So let's go back to what you were bringing up before, because I thought it was a good section to talk about the battling we gotta we gotta fight for it you know and I think that sometimes we get lazy a lot of times I know I I do I get lazy about it I get lazy about battling sin or I'm like I kind of like it actually if I'm really 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 honest I kind of like that you know but I want to talk about spiritual warfare and like kicking the enemy's butt in my life but I can't say no to a brownie or whatever it's like how am I going to say no to like the real battle if I can't say no to the little things so for me I think the battle at the beginning is in all the little things like do it It well in the little things so that in the big things like you're going to come through Mm -hmm. and this is how God is going to equip us but what did you want to say about some of the battling pieces it was really interesting I was talking to someone and they said you know um your greatness isn't on the other side of fear (laughs) she said Michelle like that's not your problem like you'll leap and you'll just be like, oh, I'll fall wherever I go. Like, I'm fine. So your greatness is on the other side of consistency. That's like adulting right there. That's not romantic. That's not adulting. There's nothing <laughs> romantic. You know, like, but it's consistent. Like, it's that consistency. <clears throat> but I think when it comes to the battle, like in the parts of like our mission or the dream that God has placed in our hearts and who we are, I think one of the first things is really realizing your voice. You know, what is your voice used for? Like, so you have to be able to have your voice to say yes. 
You know, there has to be something that stirs in your heart from the Holy Spirit, like that you need to respond to, but you have to have your voice to say yes. And one of the questions I always like to ask people, like when they were talking about dreaming or how do you uh, figure out your dreams, is where do you feel like Satan has come in and tried to steal your voice? Where areas that you can't like really speak up, you know, where you've been quiet or someone has said something to you or where you, you don't want to talk in that area. Like where someone has told you something like a really good friend of mine was telling me that she actually went to Ireland to study creative writing mm-hmm. and that a professor had told her that he said, your writing is too Catholic and you will never make it this and you will never do this. And, you know, and she goes, and to that day I stopped writing wow. because someone had said, and then the Lord has redeemed that and has brought that back into her life. But it was. So, so is that the area? What's that one area that your voice has been attacked? Is usually the area that the Lord is trying to foster in you, to bring to the kingdom, to bring to greatness. And we've all had that happen oh, yeah. to us. Like where people have silenced us or people have shamed us or where you're like, okay, I'm not going to speak in right now. Like there's something in me. Like there's this big reservation I'm not going to speak into. Well, it's huge. I think too, you know, when the Lord says, I, you know, the Lord himself will fight for you and he'd only keep still. Yes. He's not talking about lay down like a dead fish. You know, like, it's the, there's a stillness. There's Let a, me see what a dead fish lays down and looks like. I'm just about to lay down right there. I'm about to go in the fetal position right now, just to be quite honest. <laughs> that must be a Seattle thing. Like, yeah. But there's a, in, in the stillness, there's a, an intensity to the stillness. It's the quiet. It's the going within. It's the speaking out but it's like this stillness where the Lord it's like putting ourselves in a place to be found Father Mark Toops talks about that all the time you know like Lord what do I do what do I do is like put yourself in a place to be found sit down wherever you are and put yourself in a place to be found because the Lord can come to you at any time and he's going to find you there and so I think it's true like to be very honest with those parts of our hearts because things always big things are always you know precipitated by little things and I know myself and I'm like looking at the trajectory I'm like okay I'm letting some little things slip here I need to sh- I need to shore those oh, things amen. up right now because those things will often lead they don't they don't seem like they're you know connected but they are and so it's to be attentive and you know that's the way of the spiritual life is to be attentive to the small things and the big things will take care of themselves you got to be attentive to the interior garden as mm-hmm. well you know? mm-hmm. I loved uh, sister you came up to Vancouver and you spoke at a conference there mm-hmm. and one of the things that you talked about because they were talking about going on mission yep. and it was like the you know go to the upper room and then go out mm-hmm. you know and sister you you did such an amazing job of talking about we got to go to the inner room mm-hmm. first you got to go to the inner room before you go to the upper room and before you're sent out. We want to just go into the, like the exciting part. Like, let's get out there. And I think the inner room is always. It like, is? that has to oh, yeah. always mm. be happening. Like, even if you're on mission, there still has to be this. Amen. I'm every day going into the inner room and I'm going to face, like, my sin. Do I like it? Then I have to be honest about that. Do I want to be holy or do I want to want to be holy. You know, we just have to be honest about where we are and pray for that. It's like, God, give me the desire to be holy. Give me the desire to like shed the false self, to shed the sin, to actually live a life of holiness. Like we, we have to ask for a grace for it, you know? Yeah, I think you have to ask for the grace. And in that time in the inner room is to really understand, okay, Lord, where are the areas that I am not living in holiness? And holiness is where are the areas that you are calling me. It's not just sinfulness, areas that you are calling me to step out. Amen. Where are you calling me? Like, we don't stay in these holy huddles. You know, it says, like, in the New Testament, we have the great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. 
And then after that, we have the Great Commission, too. It says to go out. So you have to have that commandment where you're loving, and then you have to have that commission where you're going on mission. It is a both and, and you can't neglect either one. You know, so like when you're going into that inner room and then the upper room, then to go out, like the Holy Spirit sends you out, like that time in the inner room is to ask yourself, like we were just talking about, like, all right, where has my voice been silenced and where did it get quiet? What are the lies that I'm constantly telling myself? Like, what are the lies? It was really great. We had, Heather and I had breakfast with Father Josh uh, this morning. And so uh, it was really great. But I mean, one of the things I love about Father Josh, I I mean, and sister and I were with him a couple weeks ago. That man is always growing. Like he is always tackling his things and always growing. But I loved it. He was just so honest with us. He said, one of the lies I am telling myself is, you know, and he just put it out there at breakfast. I'm like, well, good morning. I haven't even had a whole cup of coffee yet. And you're just going there. And so, but it was so beautiful and it was really good. And just having that area, like, all right, what are the lies that I'm telling myself? Where am I supposed to use my voice and I'm not? Where am I supposed to speak up? You know, and where is, um, where am I supposed to go? Who am I supposed to invite, you know, on this journey with? Who am I supposed to be mission to? You know, I think we forget that. Mm-hmm. And so it is so easy just to stay in our own little bubbles and yeah. that we don't want to go out. You know, like we don't want to do these things and we don't want to go um, out on mission. But like when I am most alive, and you both can attest to this, is when I'm on mission with the Holy Spirit. I mean, that is like the best feeling. Like yeah. it is. It just puts a fire in your veins and you're like, yes, because you are living into who God created you to be. Yeah. Like you're living into who you are. You know, and St. John Paul II always says, become who you are. Well, you only become who you are is when you step out. You know, it's not just staying still. Like you stay still because you're like, that's the interior garden, you know, to rest, like you said. But then the upper room happens and then you go out to all the nations and go out to that purpose you know yeah definitely I think we're with where the church is at now and we look around and we see all kinds of destruction and dysfunction and whatever and then we come to something like this and we're reminded oh wait there's lots of good things going on too like there's a lot of hope too Um, we have to be willing to just be so brave in how we live it you know it's like can we just stop being so afraid and all just step in there like the world needs us to be brave the world needs us to go get it like get after it you know get after holiness get after being on your mission whatever it is get after saying yes if God is calling you to do something uncomfortable you will never be disappointed with that even the hard things can be good things there's really you can't lose like you cannot lose with being brave in how you follow the Lord and how you say yes to him and the world needs it we are so desperate for it Mm -hmm. right now and it's true like we're both saying God has put a song he's put a mission in each one of our hearts that nobody else can accomplish yep because it's 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 not just about a work it's about the, the the gift of your person which is irreplaceable it's irreplaceable and so what is God saying to us for a time such as this to the church to the nations to our families to our sororities our fraternity like wherever we find ourselves like what is that word and what is that um, what is that area of our life that God is calling us out to go forward because it is you know what I think what happens when we live in a bubble is that we become armchair quarterbacks and it's very easy to tell the people how they should be doing it or to be critical. Amen. And I, when I start to get critical, I, I'm like, okay, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, I don't want to do anything about that. I just want you to do something about that. Yeah. I, you know, I'm just going to criticize it because it's safer. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Amen. And so that is total. If you're criticizing, yeah. I always call it, that is like cheap seat living, baby. <laughs> you are not in the arena or in the ring. That is cheap yeah. seat living. Like that is not the holiness. That is not 
getting in there. Like, it's easy to, you know, say what you're, someone else is doing from the sidelines. You need to get in there and run your own race, and then you don't pay attention to what other people are doing because you're so captivated by your purpose, you know, that you don't have any time or room for comparison or being critical. Well, yeah, and it's one thing to point out something true that yes. needs to be corrected versus the criticism that is so prevalent that it's just like you said, that's a great, like, that's, you know, yeah. sign line living for sure. Oh, and I think totally. we can flip some of that, you know, like instead of looking at what someone isn't doing, like, why don't we be a student of what they are doing well? Yeah. Like, put, her, put yourself in a situation where you can just be humble and be a student of another person like I I've sat at both of your feet even though we're all close friends like mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've learned a lot from you I've learned a lot from you no boats yeah, I, I think we well. all do that with each mm-hmm. other that we're willing to learn from one another I'm willing to be inspired you're willing to be inspired you know we inspire each other and um and I think it helps like that's a vulnerability as well to just go I, I don't know everything like what can I learn from the people around me that God has placed on the journey with me so that it can strengthen my own faith journey mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I also think to be able to um, invite other, like in this process too, you want to invite other people in your brokenness, but you want to invite other people into your mission also. Mm -hmm. Like invite other people like, okay, what do you feel called to do? And I love what people say to my, but what I want to do or what I feel called to do doesn't exist. And I'm always like, that's because you're supposed to create it. <laughs> if it doesn't exist, then you're the one that's supposed to bring it about. Yeah. And I think that is like what we go back to, like, to even the part of your voice. Like you have to battle for your voice. Like the way you have to go back to God's attribute. He began as a creator and he spoke creation into an existence. So there's something about your voice that you speak things into existence. Your words are powerful. So if there's something that isn't there, that is because you are the person that you're creating. And you're like, but I'm not capable. That is the best thing for you to be because you cannot depend on your own ability. You have to depend on the Holy Spirit's capability in you. And I was telling uh, the girls, like, um, I had my personal retreat the second week of December, whatever, in December. And I was in mass and I was uh, just really wrestling with the Lord or something that he was asking me to do and step out again. And I'm like, and this is, is like we constantly say, it's a constant fiat. Like, I'm like, didn't I already tell you yes, like a couple weeks ago, like, do we have to do this again? But he keeps on asking, like, he's so persistent that one, God. <laughs> and so I was like really wrestling with him. I was just like, Lord, come on. Because all I could think about was the responsibility on me, what it would require of me. And I was not thinking about of his greatness or his capability or his sovereignty. Like it was like all about me and not about, you know, like he's all powerful. I am not. And so it was the part in the liturgy where it says, Michelle, and it was like, I could hear him speak to my heart. And he says, Michelle, I will do it through and with you. Trust me. And all of a sudden it was the part in the liturgy where it says in him, through him, with him, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, like this is it. Like you're asking me to live liturgically. You're asking me to live Eucharist. This is what we're supposed to be in our fullness as Catholics. And it's not about me. It's about you and what you're going to do in and through me and not what I'm going to do for you. And I think that's the switch too also. Because I'm always like, Lord, like Father Mike Schmitz was saying, Lord, look what I did for you. Aren't I great? Like I am the salvation of the church here. Look at what I did for you. And that's not it. You know, he picks usually, if he chooses you, usually because you're like, oh, you know, like, gosh, she's really broken. I could work wonders through her. Like my glory can shine really bright through her because there's a lot of cracks, you know. Well, we see that in the scriptures. That's what he chose. Everybody he chose was like quite a broken mess. Yeah. We're in good company. We're totally It's funny good that company. you said that. About this same exact word, God spoke to me this year. 
um, when I was asking him, Lord, how am I supposed to do this? And those same words through him, with oh, him, in him. Like how it, come you're just telling me this now? I don't know. We I haven't been with you this whole time, and still we did not know this. Like, seriously. <laughs> yeah, and so I think we can I'm ask ourselves. neglect right now. <laughs> I think we can ask ourselves that question. Like, if we're facing something that's hard, we're like, how am I supposed to do this? The reminder is through him, with him, in him. This is the pathway. Like, there's so many things that the church is speaking to us constantly if we have ears to hear it. That's true. That's so rich. And that's the communion that we started talking about today, even the communion with the Lord. That it isn't on our own, and he's not asking us to go before him, or he's not pushing us ahead of him. He's going with us. He's already prepared the way. He prepared the way. And I think, like, even for, like, just the last point to point on this is that he's asking us to step out and be brave. Like, he's asking us to be um, fearless. You know, and we use that quote. What is it? Um, hold on. Oh, by the way, I got a new iPhone 11. This is totally aside because sister helped my husband pick it out. I don't know how to use it. I told her I would help her. I was like, that's why God put me in your life is to help you figure out your iPhone. Like, whatever. The face ID thing? What the heck? You know? And I was like, and where's the button at the bottom where you press it? Like, it is really, it just, it really bothers me. The struggle is real, people. First world problems. World world girl. Problems. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm pulling up my Google Doc on my new phone. You're so so old. I am. So old. So old. We are old. Yeah. Can we just talk about well, that? Well, you guys are. That, what, I mean, she's the, she's the youngest. Yeah. Heather's the youngest. By three months. But. So, she's the baby. Yes. You still swaddle her. Uh, that's, okay. that's quite an image. Okay. Wow. We just digressed. Totally digressed. <laughs> We regressed, not just digressed. Okay. Uh, yeah, completely. Oh anyway, Michelle, gosh, so Michelle, back to you. <laughs> like, all right. I think, y'all, I think y'all should buy Heather a Snuggie, one of those things. Sure. Uh, that would be yeah. great. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. But C.S. Lewis says, in such a fearful world, we need a fearless church. Amen. You know, and I think that is what he's asking us, to be brave, even though it is not easy, but to be brave. Mm-hmm. You know, step out of those things that make us nervous, make us uncomfortable, make us do step out in those areas of um, holiness that the Lord is calling us to, like be getting serious about our holiness. And we've said this many times in the podcast, it's not about doing, it's about being, allowing the Holy Spirit to work through and in us, like we just said. But okay, Lord, where are the areas, like really be reflective, where are the areas that I need to be brave this year? Where are the areas that you're asking me to be fearless? Such great questions to ask at the beginning of the year, too. Yes. So mm-hmm. please continue. I just want to say that. Like, those are great questions to journal with at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I think there is something to say. Like, all right, there's some power about being reflective mm-hmm. and really asking those questions in mm-hmm. a new season and in a new year. I was telling Heather yesterday, we made up a questionnaire, my husband and I, for all of our kids to go into the new year. Oh, and so, fun. And then we had meetings with, I mean, we took each child out to breakfast or lunch by themselves. Oh, my gosh. And so, which is with six kids, like, that's a feet and so and, and they loved it you I'm know sure they loved every second of and it. one of the questions we asked for 2019 we said okay what were you thankful for in 2019 and what is the thing that you need to leave behind their answers were hysterical and then we asked them what their words of the year were and they were like we were amazed like one of them was like grit and courage and then my son the smart early one called delectability I had to like research his word I'm like what the heck is that mm-hmm. you know it's like it's a delight yeah, and so, but it was really interesting. And then we asked them like what their goals were, and we talked about that. And then we asked them, which was the last question. It was like, what ways can we love you better? 
Oh my gosh. You know, as the last question, we had oh these gosh. conversations. And I was telling Heather, it was really beautiful and really amazing, and, uh, and but it was really convicting. One, were things that we had missed in our pa- in our parenting and our kids, things that they were thinking that we didn't know that they were thinking. And two, the things that, like, I assumed a lot of how we could love them better. You know, and the things that I thought that we could love them better were not that, not one of them said things that I thought I could love them better. Not one. And it was such a great question. I was like, oh gosh, this was the, all right, this is where we need to focus on. And this is where we need to really be brave in our love and in our conversations. These kind of conversations, and Heather and I were just talking about at lunch yesterday, we're like, these are the kind of conversations that we need to be having with all the people in our lives. Like have these brave conversations, ask these brave questions. How can I love you better? You know, and I have to give like Sister Miriam kudos. She was with me when I was doing my personal retreat and I was telling her parts of my prayer. And like, I I actually, let's be honest, I was bawling, you know, parts of my prayer. And I was just telling her just what the Lord was stirring up in me. And so I was sharing with her and then we went our separate ways. She was about to leave to go do her parish mission. And then she came back into my room and she said, did I honor you with how you sh- how you shared your story? Did you feel like I received it well and that I loved you well through it and that it was really good? And I was just, and I was like, yeah, you were awesome. Like, you were just amazing. But it meant more to me that she came back and asked, you know, like that she was attentive to my heart and my needs, you know? And so for one of us, like to live on mission is ask ourselves brave questions and ask the people that we are in relationship with those brave questions. How can I love you better? How can I be grateful for you? How can, you know, just all those kind of conversations. That's awesome. I was thinking even that's a great question to ask the Lord. How can I love you better? Oh, Oh, amen. Let him answer. That's a good one. That is a good one. Yeah. I'm going to ask that question in my prayer time next. Okay, you be brave first and tell us how it goes. I'll tell you what what he says. Oh, yeah. Tell us what he says and see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to ask him for us, too, like how we can love him better? Lord, how can Michelle love you better and love me better? (laughs) She goes back, she's like, I got got a word for you, girl. I got a word. The Lord said, this is how you need to love me more. You're like, hey, I don't think that's Hey, guys. That is good. That is good. Oh, this has been awesome. Yeah. So, wow. This is, yeah, definitely spend this much time together. And so, my dear sister, shall we talk about our one thing for the week? Yeah, it feels kind of yes. fun to do it here. Yeah. The... I even have two one things. This well, then time. you can oh, go first. Oh, you can first, because I don't even know mine yet. Well. <laughs> okay, so my first one thing is a song called Like a Fire by Sean Fuchs and Stephanie Gretzinger. Ooh. It's a beauty. Um, you can find it on Spotify or anywhere you listen to music. But, yeah, it's a beautiful worship song. My second one thing, I just went and saw this movie, Little Women. Oh, you guys, it is so, it is so good. Everything that is like magical and romantic and ache and funny and yeah. lovely and beautiful, like is in this movie. I cried eight times. Okay, I think what was in your the favorite movie. part? All the Lori. Lori is my oh. favorite part. Really. It's so awesome. Anyway, you will not regret it. And any guys who are listening to this podcast now or in the future, it's a good date movie. Okay? Just take yeah. the girl to see this movie and she will think kindly of you. What yeah. was your favorite part of it? 
Oh gosh, there were so many. I think one of my favorite parts was toward the end of the movie when they show the Elvig sisters walking out together, and they're each so stunningly beautiful, but in their own way. Yes, they're all different. And I just love the. I felt like there was more character development in this version than the Winona Ryder version, but like even with the mother, there was more facets to her personality. Just seeing the beauty of women and all their difference, and then being so stunningly lovely each in their own way. Mm. I just. Yeah, I love Joe too. She's a fairy girl. I love Joe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to be so Joe when I grow up. I know. <laughs> One of my favorite parts is when the sister is bedridden, and yeah. she said, "You know, if it, you know," she said, "If it's my time to go, Joe, it's God's will." And she goes, "Well, God's will has not met Joe's will." So <laughs> I was so like, great. "Amen, amen." You I could relate. Like, totally relate. Yeah, it was awesome. So that was great. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. What's your one thing, sister? My one thing is all of our listeners sitting out here. Yay! That's awesome. <laughs> so it's been fun just to be with you and just to everybody who came to SLS this week. It's been just an absolute delight. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, they are my one thing for the week for sure. My one thing is this this event and yeah. this conference. And I just have to really give kudos to Curtis Martin, mm-hmm. like his yes. Like yeah. I was thinking about it when all the priests were processing out, like because one man's yes other people's yeses were like therefore able to say yes like and I think we don't realize that our yeses are a domino effect to other people's yeses and we have to keep that in mind and all the different apostolates here like if you are really figuring trying to figure out like where you should be on mission there's amazing ones like Dirty Vagabonds is here Um, everybody's here yeah yeah. like the ones for women the given form is here that's an amazing amazing thing blessed is she blessed is she a lot of great apostolates that are here to go check them out where you can plug into the church Mm -hmm. like I think that's a part that is just so um, beautiful about this event. So, dear listeners, it's been delightful. We gave you lots of questions <laughs> and ideas to think of, and we just pray that God continues to bless you. And it is, as always, a, journey, a beautiful delight to be on the journey with you. So, until next week, ladies, we will be abiding together. God Amen. bless you. Have a wonderful week. If our podcast has blessed you, would you please consider financially supporting Abiding Together via Patreon? Patreon is a website where people can make donations to help keep the podcast going. And now that we at Abiding Together have an independent platform, we have a number of costs that go into creating the podcast and the high quality content we offer, such as our website, design, tech support, staff, and other elements. Having an independent platform also allows us to explore and create new content for all of our listeners to enjoy. So thank you so much to all of you who are already donors. When you donate through our page on Patreon, you are able to donate any amount, $1 a month, $5 a month, $500 a month, or just a one-time offering. Abiding Together is a registered 501c3 nonprofit organization, and donations are tax-deductible. So would you please prayerfully consider giving to Abiding Together? If you donate $15 or more per month, you become a tribe member, and you will receive a short individual video from Michelle, Heather, and I each month about a variety of topics. You can see all of the information on our Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash abiding together podcast. So consider becoming a supporting member today and help us further the work of the Holy Spirit moving in and through this community. Together, we can do amazing things. We are so grateful for your support and may God bless you.
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? Could you also leave us a rating and a review on iTunes? That helps us get the message out to as many people as possible. All the show notes are in your podcast app, but if you'd like them emailed to you, you can go to our website at abidingtogetherpodcast.com and subscribe. On our website, you will also find all of our past episodes and information about various episodes. You can also join our private Facebook group and get in on the discussion and all the beautiful things that are happening there. We are so glad that you are on the journey with us. And until next week, we'll be abiding together. God bless you.